0: Step one: We admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors that our lives had become unmanageable.: I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out." Romans 7:18. Step two: We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose, Philippians 2.13. Step three, we made a decision to turn our wills and our lives over to the care of God. Therefore, I urge you as brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, Romans 12, 1. Step four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord, Lamentations 3.40. Step five, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed, James 5.16. Step six, we're, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Humble yourselves, be, humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. James 4:10. Step seven, we humbly asked Him to remove all our shortcomings. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9. Step 8. We made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Luke 6.31. Step 9. We made direct amends to such people whenever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Matthew 6, 23, 22, I can barely see it. 23 to 24. Step 10, we continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall, 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Step 11, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16 Step 12 Having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps we try to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. All praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ He is the source of every mercy and the God who comforts us. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When others are troubled, we will be—we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Second Corinthians one three through four. Hey, yeah. Uh, one. Uh, this may get me in trouble, but for Josh, I'm going to say this: you are a Giants fan, so that would uh, be an ugly sweater too for you, there, Ben. <laughs> Um, and I know. And Niners. I mean, come on, that's like ugly sweater right there. So we're good. We're good all the way around. But no, man, we got our outfits ready. I have, let me just tell you how long I've been waiting for this contest. <laughs> when did I buy that ugly outfit that I got? It was like six or seven months ago. It was awesome. Yeah, it was right when Nehemiah was getting ready to graduate uh, eighth grade. It was awesome. So, but hey, good evening. My name is Scott, grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery from uh, sex addiction, compulsive overeating. Hey, tonight's topic is relapse, and man, maybe you're back from a long relapse. And if you are, if that's the case, welcome home. Welcome home, because this is the place. This is really the place you need to be. Um, you know, there's a phrase that we say, if you're not working on your recovery, you're working on your relapse, um, and that's what it's about. Um, the guys who stop going to meetings never hear what happens to the guy who stops going to meetings, and uh, so I encourage you guys uh, with just being here. Glad you're here, and tonight we are. We're going we're gonna to share a little uh, information about relapse, what does that look like, how is that, all that kind of stuff. How do you protect yourself from relapse? Um, I'm not going to teach you how to have a relapse today. Many of you already know how to do that on your own. Um, But we're going to just say, hey, here's how you prevent relapse. And uh, here's some great tools that you can put in uh, your tool chest and be ready to go. But let me start with this great story out of the Old Testament. Elijah is uh, being chased by a king and uh, goes and hides, doesn't hide, but he goes into this mountain and uh, he's there and he's got the servant with him. And this king is hunting him down. He is like, where is this guy? Let's go send an army after him and let's kill him. It'd be awesome, right? So here's where we come on the scene in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. It says this, "'When the servant of the man of God "'rose early in the morning and went out, left the cave, "'behold, an army with horses and chariots "'was all around the city. "'And the servant said, alas, my master.'" What shall we do? He said, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Alas! What does that mean? I mean, I never say that. I think that's gonna be new in my vocabulary. Alas! But basically it's, oh no, oh no. Whoa, what happened? Earlier in the chapter, this dude's cutting down trees and as he's felling this tree, the end of his ax flies into the river. And you know what he says? <laughs> Alas, oh no! Right? That would be much better than some of the words that we choose to use when things like that happen. Right? Way better. But um, we have this reality that they—could you imagine going to bed? You're all cozy, and I, my, I, I'm. Oh man, I'm sharing this. I just bought a weighted blanket. <laughs> it is awesome. It is like 25 pounds. It's like working out while I'm sleeping. It's great. I burn calories. I'm trying to lift and turn. It's great. But anyhow, you're all cozy in bed and you're there and you're like, oh, this is awesome. You wake up, you get out of bed, and you stretch. Alas, people are there and they're going to kill you. That's crazy. That is insane. Well, if you remember a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit longer, you went to bed one night. And you woke up the next day and alas, the world had changed. We were in lockdown. We, did not be able, we were not able to sit like this, like how we're sitting now. Six feet apart, you had to wear a mask, all these things. Now there's new strains, all this kind of stuff that's going on. You wake up one day and everything in the world around you has changed. There's no toilet paper in the stores and no bottles of water anywhere. Alas, right? That's crazy. That's crazy. But here's the thing, what do we do in those moments? A lot of times we rely on ourselves. But we just sat here, or we stood here, and we sang a song. We sang a song that was about the battle belongs to the Lord. Like, those are huge. Don't tell me that we sing a song about the battle belonging to the Lord, but then when we walk out of these doors, we try to do all the fighting for him, and we don't let him do what we call him to do. And that is to do the work that he's called us. And that is to work in us and through us. And that's huge. But the holidays are here. If you didn't realize it, last week was Thanksgiving. We had a great Thanksgiving football game. And it was awesome. By the way, yeah. By the way, uh, just for my children's sake, I will share this. Adults beat kids. What? It was awesome. We had a ringer. We brought in a young 30-year-old guy. Because I, I did one run and I was done. My brother took one step to sprint and he threw his back out. I mean, us all people, we were, we were done. But we had one guy, we just said, go deep. We'll just throw it to you, go deep. And he, he tore it up for us. Um, it was awesome. But the holidays are here. And for some of us right now, where I'm at, my recovery, it's really good. Holidays are good. I'm able to go have fun at the park. I'm able to go home, watch the Raiders win. I'm able to sit back. If they lost, it may be a different story today, but... Um, those things, I'm able to eat a meal with my family, I'm able to do that. But there's times that's it's not so good. I have a really hard time around Christmas. Decorating is horrible for me. I'll put up lights at my house, but I don't like touching Christmas trees. I don't like putting up Christmas trees. I don't like doing that stuff because of stuff from my past. I have issues with that. I have triggers. Holidays are here. Triggers are all around us. And you have to be involved with those family members that you've been trying to distance yourself since last Christmas. <laughs> right? Or the last holiday. And they're everywhere. Well, the word is a last, and then later it says, do not be afraid. He says, do not be afraid. Do nothing. Sit there and wait. Wait upon God. Wait upon the Lord and let's see what's going to happen. And a little bit later, I'm going to share with you the next couple verses. But right now, I want to get into what does that wait look like? Because right now, some of us, we are on our last nerve or our last inch of recovery. And you did everything you could to just get in these rooms tonight. And for some of you, it was tough doing that. And you're close to going back out. But in our addiction, what did we do? We controlled everything. We could control our emotions simply by using. I'm not liking this feeling, let me use. I want to feel a different way, let me use. It could be drugs. We tried to control our drugs. We tried to control our alcohol. And then we took a step back and we realized that that stuff had mastered us. We tried to control our porn use. Strobe light dance. Um, We're working it. It's good. We tried to control the porn use and we couldn't because it got out of control for us. Our food. We try to control our food and we're only going to do small portions. Well, whenever I say I'm just going to do small portions, that's relative. My small is not always your small. I mean, a whole piece of pizza, a whole pizza, that's a small pizza right? Compared to the largest pizza in the world, right? Comparatively. So food sometimes can just destroy us. We try to control everything in our life when it came to our addiction until we ended up in here and we realized that we were out of control until we took step one and we realized that we were powerless over our addictions and our compulsive behaviors. That's huge. What about in sobriety? What can we do in our sobriety? What can we do to maintain recovery and to not relapse. Well, here's a phrase that you should know and something you should learn. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Ho! If you keep doing the same thing day in and day out, and the only thing you did is right now, today, I'm not using, and you keep doing same thing day in and day out, guess what? Relapse is on its way. It's going to smack you in the face. Nothing changes if nothing changes, so the question is, what's changing? For some of us, that change is just getting down here to serve in Cafe Astoria so we can have the coffee cart open and and serve others. For others, it's it's getting down here and and doing the lights. For others, it's just showing up. For others, it's making a phone call. We're going to get into some of those things later. Well, the first thing I wanna encourage you to do is meet with God, to reserve a daily time with the Lord. To set aside a time, and I know we've already gone through Sparks we've already gone through some stuff like this, but we are talking about reserving a daily time with him. Some guys are great at waking up and the first thing that they ever pray is before their feet, they don't even move and they just they start praying. That is not me. I'm not awake enough, I can't do it, I'm a horrible pastor, I'm not good like that. I got to get moving first for a little bit, and then I can start that prayer. But we need to reserve a time. I mean, that's important. That way you can do some self-examination. Well, I'm going to, we have spatula as a tool, and the tool that I used during that lesson was soap, and uh, you can start this by simply doing, cleaning up. First thing you do in the morning, I, well, I get up, I, start, I go for my walk, I get back and I shower. I use soap in my life. I hope you do too. Hope you get clean because I don't want to smell you. <laughs> but here's the deal is what does soap mean? And we're going to pull that up there. There it is. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Are you taking time, reserving time to do that? Now, there's other ways that you can do it. We have Sparks out there. We have lots of other ways that you can take time to spend with God. But after you reserve that daily time and you spend time with them, you evaluate. Evaluate what's going on in your heart in your life. Have a heart check. What is your heart going through? I do a halt check, AA takes you through a halt check. We go heart check. Are you hurting? Are you exhausted? Are you angry? Are you resentful? Are you tense? Do the heart heart check right now? Where are you at right now? I got a good three out of five of those suckers. <laughs> Looks like I need to do some recovery work, huh? Better, good thing I got a meeting with my accountability partners tomorrow. But here's the deal: is we need to evaluate and check our hearts. We need to do that on a regular basis during the day, throughout the day. Check and see where you're at. I mean, where are you hurting? How are you hurting? Are you exhausted? Some of us, we're not exhausted because we didn't get enough sleep. We're just simply exhausted because there's so much spinning going on around us, we don't know how to land the plane. Some of us are so angry because of that hurt or because of that resentment. And we've got resentment that's hanging out in our life. And if resentment is our number one offender, right? And some of us are just stinking tense. And we need to check that out. You need to do a heart check. Well, after we evaluate our heart, we do this. We listen. Listen to Jesus. Are you taking time to listen to him, to pause and listen to what God's saying? Are you so busy that you're just hopping in your car, putting on K-Love and off to work? Or another radio station that you choose to listen to? (laughs) First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 21 says this, but test everything, hold fast what is good. Test everything. As we evaluate and as we listen to God, hold fast to the things that God is telling you to do. Hold fast to those good things. That's what we're called to do, to listen and hold on to those things. But as we're doing this, we need to be alone and quiet. If you're like me, that may be difficult. A lot of times it takes me a while for me to get everything out of my head so I can finally be quiet with God. Because I've got a list of everything else that's going on. All the stuff I have to do for work, all the stuff I want to do for for wrestling, all the stuff I got to do after that, all the things I want to do after that. And it takes me a while to finally be quiet and alone with God. But do that. Psalm chapter 46, verse 10 says this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. My son, Boaz, bad knuckles Boaz, um, we put him to bed and he always wants a song always wants a song and when it's my turn or when I have to do it or I get to do it sorry when I get to do it um I lay him down in the bed I cover him up and he's got his uh pacifier and his blanket and he's like song I'm like okay here's a song I sing him that passage of scripture be still be still and know that I am God Maybe that's when you do it, is when you're going to bed, you take time to be still and know that he is God. That he may be exalted in all the nations and in the earth. That's huge. Don't worry, I saved you from me singing. But slowing down, and maybe it's when we slow down that we've been so busy with our life, we actually slow down to do this because it's been interesting. My daughter has started to, talk to a guy, I don't know what that means, but they talk to a guy, Um, right? And uh, back in the day, I used to have to pick up the phone and call this girl's house and be afraid that her dad is gonna pick up the phone when it rings on the other end. Can I talk to your daughter? Click, no, ah, I lost my chance, right? All that kind of stuff. Well, now they just, they text it. They just get their phone out and they're like, and they're like, man, I don't know how fast they go, but they go fast. They're going to get a carpal tunnel in the thumbs. I know they will. But that we would take time to slow down and not just send a text message, an email, uh, email, uh, an emoji, a GIF, uh, uh, whatever it is, but we would take time to slow down and make some actual phone calls. To talk to our accountability partners, to talk to our sponsor, to actually get somebody on the other end and talk to them is huge. Or go face to face and actually have a conversation with them is another big thing. My wife thinks I'm weird, but I like to go into places like I don't want to go just to the bank. I want to go inside and talk to the teller and I wanna get my money that way. I don't wanna go to this machine that I'm gonna probably mess up. But not only do we do phone calls, but we actually go to meetings. This may be a time in your life where you actually need more than one meeting a week, and you may actually need to go to a secular program because there's nothing else offered. So you may need to look and maybe go to another city. Go to Manteca, go to Turlock, go to Waterford, check out the other CRs that are running other nights of the week. Maybe that doesn't always work for your schedule and you need to hit a morning meeting. Well, I, this one of the downfalls of crs is we don't have morning meetings. So you have to go to an AA, an NA, a OA, a SAA, whatever it is. <laughs> you guys think I'm joking, but it is an SAA? It is SAA. <laughs> hey, a lot of A's in there. So that way that we go there, right? Here's my question. How are you being accountable right now? Who are you holding yourself accountable to right now? I know tomorrow at noon, I'm gonna meet with two of my guys. We're probably gonna be sitting over at Jimmy John's because that's where we always go, Jimmy John's. They now have a beefy blue, which I'm excited, something new on the menu. So go there, we'll hang out, and we'll eat a sandwich, and we'll talk. We don't go there for the food. We go there for the fellowship and the accountability. Who are you holding yourself accountable to? Have you even humbled yourself enough to have somebody that you would hold yourself accountable to or with? That's huge. But as you go through this, to take a step back and to enjoy the growth in your life, to remember what it was like when you first went out and used And to remember what it was like your first day in the meetings. That's why I love the first timers. If you're a first timer here, I love you guys. And I need you. Why? Because you help remind me of what it was like when I first began recovery. Because I need that reminder. Because if I get stuck now and I rest on my laurels, guess what's gonna happen? Done. Relapse. So enjoy the growth that God's done in your life. For some of you, it's not that much yet. For others, you can't see it. For others, it's huge. Just enjoy it. Take a step back and just remember and see. Maybe you haven't been able to go 14 days without using. And you're on day 15. Hallelujah. That is awesome. That is something to celebrate. Do some self-care. Take some time to take care of yourself. Don't go, not, I'm not doing YOLO or anything like that. Or, or you do you, whatever that is but you do some actual self-care and you do the things that you need to do to be healthy. Well, here's some of the things, man. Some of us have this relapse scenario that's been in our life and we've got this huge hill that would represent our addiction and at the top, the ball is there, it is stopped, it's a huge boulder and your recovery is awesome and that's where your boulder is, your addiction and you've got this hill and it goes down and swoops down into the total abyss of what your life was at rock bottom. Well, How do you keep that boulder at the top? Because triggers and life start to inch it towards the edge every single day, every single moment. How do you keep it up there? Here's how you do that is you by working the steps. One of the things is by doing a fire drill. Fire drill, yeah, fire drill. Do you remember... Elementary school, because it's the only time I ever did it in my life, it was elementary school, and you're there, and you had the earthquake drill, which we're going to do an earthquake drill. Okay, kids, climb under your desk. Like, that desk is going to hold the roof from falling down and caving on me. It isn't. I've seen roofs fall. That's not going to help me. But we did it, right? We crawled onto the desk in case that earthquake... They have the fire drill where the fire alarm goes on. You all get in a single file line and then you start walking out and you get to a certain distance away from the building and you stand out there and you're like, crud, I forgot my jacket and it's January and you're (laughs) freezing, right? Well, same thing in our recoveries. We got to do a fire drill. What happens when we start to see that boulder slipping off the top of that hill and it's starting to get out of control, more out of control? We got to know what we got to do to stop that. Who are the people you're gonna call? Where's the meeting that you're gonna go to? What's the verses that you have memorized to help protect you? What scriptures can you go to? What songs can you sing? And for each of us, it may be a little bit different. But what's your fire drill? For some of us in this room, we know what a PCI is, your personal craziness index. We all are personally crazy at some point Holidays tend to get us more spun and more crazy. What's your personal craziness index? When you're driving in your car and you look and there's more trash in your car than that was actually in the trash can in your, in, at your house, chances are your life is out of control. It doesn't mean you've relapsed, but it means you might be getting close to relapse. If it's been months without you washing your sheets or cleaning the house or doing the things that you normally do in your life, you may need to take a step back and you maybe need to start getting your life in order so you can not let that boulder fall off the top of that hill. Some of you may have already done this, but maybe you guys have a relapse box. A relapse box, what's that? No, it's not for my relapses. This is to prevent me from relapse. And this is war and peace. And no, it's not a real book. It's a false book. Inside this book, I got a pen. I've got a journal. Because I know if it's just stuck in my head, chances are things are going to be a little crazy. Inside this journal, I actually have things written down. It's not just blank and used as an illustration. I know. Right? I have things written down. I have lists. I have Confessions. I have things that I need to talk to my sponsor about or my accountability partners. This is my journal. This is what I, my emergency journal. I have my recovery tokens to help remind me of the victories in my life. Got a picture, an old picture. I need to update this, baby. A picture of my family. I know, right? Like, he's like in the Marines right now. Like, that's crazy to me. <laughs> I need to get a new picture. Update that sucker. But what a cute family. Um, what happened to him? I don't know. Um, all right. And here I got a business card of my counselor. And if it goes haywire and it's bad enough, I call him and I, got, I need an emergency meeting right now. And here I've got a list. And this is, well, a list. This is a letter. Dear Struggling Self is what it's titled. This is a letter from me to me about what are the things I need to do, what are the things I have a chance to lose, what are the things that um, typically could be going on that would push me over the edge here, and how can I help myself. And then here I have another list that some people are familiar with Vocabulary of Feelings, because I always need that. What am I feeling? What are my emotions? And I'm able to journal about that and write that stuff down and deal with that. Some people, they have different things in their, their list. One guy has an MP3 player that he just sits in and he's got like 24 hours worth of music on that sucker and he just listens. Because for him, that's what helps, is helpful. Music, I'll get bored after three songs and be like, dude, what's up? <laughs> you put a video game in here, I might be able to, but then I gotta go to another group because of gaming addiction, whatever it is, right? <laughs> what's in your relapse box? What's the letter from yourself? Have you ever written one of those? What are the problems and circumstances that possibly could be surrounding your relapse? What are the consequences of you relapsing? The things you could lose, job, family, kids, divorce, whatever it may be. What do you need at this time or what typically have you needed at this time when you've been facing relapse? What hope do you need to? And then plead with yourself one last time. Dude, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I told you I'd circle back to Kings. In Kings chapter six, verse 17, this is this. Then Elisha said to him, alas, remember? The alas, do nothing, right? Then Elisha prayed and said to him, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened his eyes, the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain, was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Dude, God sometimes is working in our life and we don't see it. Even though we've prayed and we've prayed and we've prayed, we don't see it. Sometimes God doesn't change our circumstances, but instead he uses it as an opportunity to reveal himself to us. Even though we've prayed. So I challenge you with this. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So, what's changing? What's changing? So that way, when you're, folk, when you're faced with stress this holiday season, you won't let that boulder, your addiction, start sliding down the hill. Let me close with prayer, and then we'll close the told time out with a serenity of prayer. Lord, thank you for tonight. And Lord, as I just uh, unfolded some of these thoughts and these things, Lord, I ask that you work in these lives, lives of the people that they would uh, know and understand, and and just like me, man, great information, man, but may actually use these tools. May they use these tools, that when they're struggling, they pick up a phone, an actual phone, and call somebody, and that somebody on the other end would actually answer and not just send them straight to voicemail. That they would be able to write some of these things and and create a a relapse box for themselves to help them in those tough times. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. And Lord, as we try to change the things that we've done to do life different, that you would pour your favor out upon us and bless us in Jesus' name, amen. Yes, let's thank you, thank you. Let's close the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right, if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen.